Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. One of my major issues here, and I suspect that uh, it's going to uh, have a lot of response online as well as here on the phone. Um, I am critical of the, well, let me, let me back up with history. Let me back up with history. And I'm going to take my time on this because this is going to take us into the next hour. I know. The reconstruction period of the 1800s basically began a, a year or two after the Civil War with the passage of the 14th and 15th Amendment, which gave former slaves, in essence, the, uh, the right to vote, the right to vote. That was, gave them the franchise. And with that franchise, with that vote, they were able to make major changes, not all the changes that they wanted to make or could have been made, but they, 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 they were able to create schools. They were able to acquire land, even though they, in, outside of Oklahoma, they, they didn't get their 40 acres in a meal, but they were, they, they, it, the franchise vote was the most important thing. Then something happened. It's called the Compromise of 1876. I'm looking for my uh, notes. Okay, here it is. It was called the Compromise of 1876. That started with the con- got to end Reconstruction. And what did they choose to end first and foremost? What did they choose to take away first and foremost? The franchise, the vote. And it was done because promises, let me repeat, promises to protect the political and civil rights of black people were not kept. And what happened, it led to widespread voter suppression. Ku Klux Klan, in essence, was born. It led to widespread, we know this term, don't we, voter suppression. And basically, Republicans and Democrats and Dixiecrats, they basically abandoned our our forefathers. They abandoned them. And so um I I just I, I you know and and then and so let's fast forward. We've got this debate now going on where I think it was either the fourth or fifth time, every single Republican, maybe I think with the exception of one, Mikowski from Alaska, yeah, said, you know what? I'm abandoning the John Lewis Voting Rights 
uh, bill. I'm going to abandon it. And now there's a second bill. So they filibustered. They filibustered. They filibustered. You need, right now, in order to, to, to get this bill, the John Lewis bill passed, you, in essence, need nine more Republicans just to do the right thing on something that ought to be bipartisan. And there have been demonstrations. People are writing and calling. But they failed. This was the fifth time that the Senate has blocked voting rights this year. The fifth time this year. And it's one of the lowest points in Senate history. Yeah, so, I, so I decided I, that, I'm, that I'm going on a hunger strike. I'll just say it. Now, let me read the statement that I released, that's been released this morning. I'll read it. You can go, it's online. You can go online. It's online. I've shared it with a few individuals before uh, this morning. Hunger strikes have been used as a means of political protest as long as there have been politics and resistance. Throughout history, suffragettes in the United Kingdom and the United States have used hunger strikes as a means of protest. So it shouldn't surprise anyone with my background in human and civil rights that I've chosen this form of dissent to what I believe should be a redress to what is just plain politically and morally wrong. So as a political protest, I am beginning a hunger strike today by abstaining from eating any solid food until Congress passes and President Biden signs the Freedom to Vote Act or the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Now, both bills have recently passed by the House of Representatives. Both have stalled in the Senate. Neither bill has garnered the re requisite of 60-vote majority and have been unable to circumvent the required majority due to the Senate filibuster rule. Now, as all of you know, my show is action-oriented. It personifies taking action. I, have all, I always say, what are you going to do about it? And for me, it's not just a slogan. It is what drives me and inspires me. So I have begun this hunger strike, I should say this, in solidarity, let me repeat, in solidarity with all those 
who are calling on Congress and the President of the United States to protect our voting rights. Since the Supreme Court decision, Shelby versus Holder, was watered down, where they watered down the Voting Rights Act of 1965, here's what has happened. State houses across the country have passed a myriad of laws that have made it more difficult for people to vote. And I am here to say, at some point, we've got to change these moments into movements. And the difference between a moment and a movement is sacrifice. And although this is a moral as well as political cause for me, it is a component of much of a much larger movement. Somebody might ask, and, and I'll say, well, why a hunger strike? My response to that, and I'll be asked a hundred times, just as food is necessary to sustain life, the right to vote is necessary to sustain democracy. I'm adamant about bringing attention to our plight related to protecting voting rights. And I'm someone who really cares. Now, again, questions will be asked. Well, aren't you concerned about your health, about yourself? And I'll tell you what my response to that is. I have four children, five grandchildren, and one great-grandchild. I am more concerned about what's going to happen to them and our country. And this is not business as usual. It simply is not business as usual. I have never, and, and this is what I'm hearing and seeing, I've never seen this kind of fear since the Civil Rights Movement. Because the question, the question has to be asked as we, in essence, call what's happening now the second reconstruction. What happens if we do not protect the voting rights for our children and grandchildren? I'll tell you what will happen. History will repeat itself. And it will be the same thing that happened with the Compromise of 1877. Let me make this very clear to you. I am not going to have my children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren say, Papa, what did you do about it? What did you do about it? So... I say to President Biden, get rid of the filibuster. Don't compromise with our right to vote. I say to the Democrats, 
make sure that you should reconvene. You should reconvene Chuck Schumer, Senator Schumer, the, the United States Senate, and take another vote. And I say to the Republicans, there must be at least t 10 or at least nine more Republicans, my God, who can do the right thing and protect our right to vote. The Republican Party, the Senate, Congress, they have used the filibuster to continue to obstruct efforts to our right to vote. And there's no political or moral reason to do this. I mean, protecting the right to vote is 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 precious so how long will it continue how long will the hunger strike continue until the senate reconvenes immediately advances the debate particularly on the john lewis voting rights uh, uh advancement act or the freedom to vote or until they blow up the filibuster So, I call it basically starving for voting rights. And that began on this date. And I repeat, just as food is necessary to sustain life, the right to vote is necessary to sustain democracy. Yes, my life matters, my health matters, but our right to vote matters more. And as I'm speaking today, there are 400 new bills, 400. In over that have been introduced in 49 states to make it more difficult for us to vote. So it is as much a moral as well as a political cause for me. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.